0: It was a routine police call for run of the mill crime, someone passing a bogus $20 bill at a deli. But the ensuing death of an unarmed black man, George Floyd, while in the custody of Minneapolis cops, and the resulting riots once again have forced a divided nation into a bitter self reckoning. That's how a New York Post article dated May 28, 2020, and written by Jorge Fitzgibbons began. It's clearly a distressing time in the life of our country, and many questions confront us during this time. How should the church, both corporately and believers individually, respond during this period of unrest and profound racial tension? Well, in just a moment, I'll be joined by Shane Kohler, a teaching pastor at Faith Community Church in Woodstock, Georgia, and over the next few episodes of the Building Faith podcast, we hope to address these and other important questions. All right, Shane, so last time we were together, we wrapped up a short series on hope, on the doctrine of hope, or on biblical hope, and and we really saw clearly in those discussions how starkly hope uh, from a biblical perspective really contrasts with some of the more superficial notions of worldly hope, and we also looked at how our understanding of of eternal biblical hope really affects our overall outlook on life and produces in us or it should produce in us just a general optimism and uh and really give us what we need to respond appropriately to all the many circumstances of life, uh, regardless of what they are. And I think that that's a really uh, good doctrinal foundation for us as we move into this new discussion in this new series, as we dive into the issues of racial tension that have become prominent for us uh, here of late, especially over the summer and we've seen uh you know a lot of anger and rage and frustration uh, no shortage of confusion and even uh even thinking about starting this series there's just so much noise uh, out there and and so much fog that it almost seems impossible to uh kind of cut through that and and really get to uh where clarity is being really heard and embraced but nonetheless I think we feel compelled to sort of dive into this a little more deeply, and just see what the Lord really has to say from His Word.
1: Well, and uh, we just—I just have to start off by saying that, uh, uh, in some ways, I like probably many other people have uh, some natural hesitancy to even wade into this issue, because it is so charged. It's so culturally charged, uh, politically charged. Obviously, racially charged subject, and I have friends who are both white and black, and uh, have very strong opinions about these issues. Opinions that are uh, not always, uh, you know, purely independent from their own political views, uh, their own sort of personal interests, and all that other stuff, which just amps up the the tension even more. And I'm. Uh, hopefully, cognizant enough of the fact that it is a complex issue. Yeah, it is not as simplistic as most people want to frame it up. Right, and uh, and so the, it's almost inevitable that whatever you say is not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. It's almost inevitable that whatever you try to uh, talk about with all of its qualifications and, and and definitions and all that other stuff, it's almost inevitable that it's going to be misunderstood or perceived by some people to be unloving or um you know um uh, ignorant in some cases or or whatever and you know we talk about the cancel culture today and it creates this this uh, almost reticence to go out there and try to talk to the issues that are facing the country because everyone's everyone no one wants to be canceled
2: mm-hmm.
1: no one wants to be written off for you know something that they say but we're compelled to yeah. i mean we're compelled to because these are important issues that touch the lives of so many people we're compelled to because of the enormous lack of leadership that is pervasive in our uh country we're compelled to because these are ultimately spiritual issues and we as pastors have got to provide spiritual clarity and leadership we're compelled to Because it's evident that the church has been um, absolutely cast into a state of confusion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not just our local church, but the church in general. And I wish I could say that Faith Community Church wasn't touched by it, but we are. I mean, even within our church, there's just confusion. Right. So while, you know, we don't want to, I mean, while I would, you know, prefer not to have to wade through this, uh, because I know uh, that there will be people who are hurt in one way or another by something that is either said or not said, or they're just fearful or whatever, you know, we we have to make an effort at it. And, you know, recognizing that there are all kinds of interest on all kinds of sides, there are some people who everything— they seem to say or think about this ties into some sort of uh, political angle, or um, you know, everything that they say uh, sort of gets taken within the context of extreme views, mm-hmm. and they they immediately begin to try to place you within, um, you know, either the Black Lives Matters movement or the neo Confederate sympathizers, or whatever it might be. Uh, You know, in spite of all that, and 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 in spite of people who are very very sincerely hurting uh, within our congregation and around our nation, black brothers and sisters who who uh, just honestly want to know that we care, and that we listen, and that we understand, and we're and we're compassionate. And merciful to the very real struggles that they have, uh, you know, just just moving about in society, or police officers, law enforcement officers, who feel demonized just for wearing the uniform, even though they're sincere brothers and sisters in Christ and have uh, you know done everything they can within their power to. Uh, operate as God's ministers, uh, you know, within the, the the system of justice, and operate in holy and godly ways. Um, you know, w- whether it is people who are um, taking even sides in sort of the unfolding divide among big evangelicalism, and and sort of lining themselves up behind this theologian or that pastor or whatever it might be in spite of all of that that i would really just rather not participate in
0: yeah i think the other thing to keep in mind as we sort of venture into this even if it is with a little bit of trepidation a little bit of sense of caution you know i'd, I'd much rather just be able to forge ahead you know with a sense of confidence in where my own thinking is and How to communicate it in a way that's going to resonate with people. But, you know, we're not proceeding with that kind of, you know, certainty at this point because of the things you described. I also think it's important that we all just take stock of the fact that we are now living in a time where more and more people, I don't know if it's the majority of people, but it's a lot of people who are thinking now more in, Slogans and hashtags and sound bites than they are thinking deeply, reflecting thoroughly, synthesizing you know a, a good sample of data for the believer. Really deeply reflecting upon the the truths of Scripture, the theology that flows out of the Word of God. I mean, we're not living in a day and time where that is innate to our to our thought process and our culture. It's you look it up on Google or it's a hashtag or it's a it's a meme or it's a slogan or it's something like that and and so as you said at the outset, we're talking about deep and complicated issues we're talking about issues that not don't just span the history of this country but span the history of humanity we're talking about issues that have to do with the profoundest types of frailties and sinfulness of mankind I mean it's just you can't you can't sufficiently deal with these matters think about them discuss them learn and grow and appreciate other people's perspectives if your thinking is so minimized down to a talking point or yeah, a slogan
1: the, these are issues that people have written obviously uh, entire books books upon books about most people have never read those books right these are issues that you know people uh, write Journal articles about um, even newspaper articles on a regular basis dealing with these issues. but it seems like most people spend the b- bulk of their time digesting an Instagram post. I mean right. that's about the level right. that they really engage in these issues. Right. And so getting all of the complexity uh, together you know in one spot and so that people can think about these in a, in a, in a very uh, uh, nuanced way is uh you know not um you know not something you see very often mm-hmm. and you know because of that, you know people just sort of line themselves up on one side of an issue or the other, and I just want to say up front that um I think if I do a a good job in the next couple of podcasts, I'm almost certain to offend everybody <laughs> on both sides. Uh, because I want to say at the outset that as this debate rages in our country, both sides have very valid points and and make some some things that to make some um some statements that are worthy of us stopping to consider so i 'm not interested in canceling anybody mm-hmm. i'm not participating in the cancel culture i'm not interested in canceling out. Uh, Black Lives Matters as a as a, a particular cultural phenomenon. I'm not interested in canceling out President Trump or uh, any particular person. I'm not interested in any of that. That's not what my goal is in these uh, podcasts. My goal is to get us to think biblically. Yeah, it, it's to ground our hearts and minds there. So if if you're not interested in that, then you know uh, you go. Tune off uh, turn off your your uh you know your podcaster now and and go pick up your Instagram and go back to your you know sound bites but for those who do want to force themselves to think deeply biblically soundly about this, um, we hope that the next few podcasts will be helpful in that in that arena so uh I guess uh you know with that um, we can just sort of begin with the issues, which is the fact that, you know, there is a lot of upheaval and animosity that, um, you know, the best that I can tell, uh, I guess I would describe it this way, sort of boiled up from within minority culture in our country. Oh, that that kind of was born out of years of frustration, of not having a sense that that the majority culture really hears or understands or cares about some of the the daily struggles that 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 go on in their life. And and you know, those uh those things cannot be too quickly dismissed. As a matter of fact, I'm uh, I think, as Christians who are interested in mercy and compassion, we want to know what the burdens and struggles are of every uh man, but especially every fellow believer. So to the extent that my brothers and sisters in Christ you know are 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 wrestling with a burden in their daily life, I want to know you know what that is, and it's It's driven by the fundamental law of Christ that we are to love our neighbor as we would love ourselves. And so in as much as I would want someone to, you know, kind of know what my burdens are and and pray for me and, and help me, you know, uh, deal with those things and have wisdom to know how to navigate all that, as much as I would want someone to show that sensitivity to me, I want to show that sensitivity to others. At the same time, you know, these issues have uh, been Been um, articulated around issues of justice and injustice, which we cannot deny are very near and dear to God's heart. Uh, God is a God of justice. The scripture speaks about justice. And uh, we cannot then quickly dismiss issues of justice. However, the frustration that uh, many people face is that when the discussions begin to to uh, unfold, it would appear as if the definitions of justice are presumed. You know, people come and begin to use the word justice and injustice and immediately, immediately assume that um, their framework of what is just and what is unjust is the totality of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Like I said at the very beginning, all sides of this debate have points that are worthy of consideration, but uh, it is the um, seemingly one-sided approach of uh, you know two largely divided groups in our country that that leaves so many people frustrated because um, it's almost as if unless you buy into the total definition of what is just and unjust from one side or the other that you are labeled as not caring about justice which is uh, it's i mean I just, it's childish it's
0: it seems to me like a, a a big a big failure maybe a big fault in in all of this is that um regardless of where you might stand on just pick your list of the top 3 or 5 or 10 you know Debate points, whichever side of the argument you might find yourself on, that there's this perpetual setting up for either side of what is unrealistic expectations that neither side will ever be able to meet. Mm-hmm. And so you're just left with either confusion or frustration or anger or rage or or sort of ambivalence and neglect. I mean, in other words, it becomes a a fruitless exercise, a fruitless debate, if you will, because the expectations on both sides can often be like unrealistic to even meet. Well,
1: and think about the words that you just said, you know, this is set up in such a way that um, there are expectations that no one will ever be able to meet. Mm -hmm. Does that make you think of anything else? Is it does. What does it make you think of? Uh myself in, in light my, of in my sin before a holy God? Yeah, in light of God's law. Right. God's law has placed man in a cage. Galatians 3 says, it has caged him or it has imprisoned him in in such a way that you know he is hopelessly a failure. Hmm. Hopelessly a failure. And of course, we know by reading the Old Testament that the law does this to people all the time and it creates all kinds of feelings of frustration and uh and and despair or even sometimes anger mm-hmm. and rebellion or all of those things because when people are uh, you know are are imprisoned like that when they really begin to see what the law is saying about them they um, you know they they Uh, they don't just, uh, let me say it this way, the natural reaction in natural man is not just to accept that. The natural reaction natural man is to do something, whether it's self-harm or whether it's lashing out at other people to harm other people so that you feel better about yourself because you can't meet the unrealistic expectations. And so you have on one hand, you have absolute despair to the place of suicide, or you have on the other hand, You have religious zealots and Pharisees who, in their self righteousness, begin to build themselves up by tearing other people down. Mm -hmm. And those are the ways people respond to the unrealistic expectations of the law. In some ways, you know, that is the world of the legalist because he has no hope. Because, you know, his entire uh, worldview and and framework uh, of thinking about life is within these impossibilities mm. he sees you know what the demands are and he knows that he can never meet them and and so he has no other option but just to tear down the other people who are his uh, sort of religious competitors or you know to tear himself down N- you know that's pretty much all all he can do and we're so grateful that the gospel isn't that. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the gospel begins with law. It begins with where you are, but it doesn't leave you in that state of hopelessness. And I guess and, you know, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, um, that, I think, is one of the most important things that Christians need to be mindful of right now as they look at their instagram stream or their uh, you know tiktok whatever their tiktok clips their twitter machines yes their twitter, you know whoever watches <laughs> twitter reads twitter anymore um, your facebook stream or whatever what who as, as they're looking at that they ought to be asking themselves this basic question what is the message of hope that is coming through. Now, we, obviously, we wouldn't expect a message of hope coming from the world because it has no hope.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't have the gospel. But then when you move into the so-called Christian world and Christian spokesman, um, what is the message of hope? Is there a message of hope? And, and let me just very quickly point to this. If there is no message of hope, then you're probably talking about a message that is devoid of the gospel, mm-hmm. and this is, I think, what frustrates people right now. Is you know even to the extent that they are willing to, um, uh, to to listen and to understand what some of the the issues are, and 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 want and sincerely want to um, own you know any kind of guilt they might have. They have a deep sense that there's no hope, that there's nothing that can absolve, that can atone, that can do anything. And, you know, when I go preach the gospel to people, I certainly want to talk to them about sin. I want to talk to them about where they have uh, been adulterous or where they've been greedy or where they've been liars. But I am so eager to get beyond that to the message of the cross. I mean, that's what I really, really want. I really, really want to get to the point where, they can say, where I can say to them, yeah, these things are true, but the good news of the gospel is that you don't have to bear the guilt and the shame of that. And that's what uh, saddens me as I look at this uh, debate, especially as it unfolds among churches, is that uh, you know, there's almost no focus on that you know, there's a lot of focus on what people are doing wrong and what's wrong with our, our country and what's wrong with, you know, society and all those other things. But it has almost no message of hope and no message of forgiveness. And, uh, and the bottom line is, a message with no gospel is a message that has no hope, or a message with no hope is a message that has no gospel and it leaves you in a place of hopelessness which i think is what most people are feeling right now i think that's what our nation is sensing right now i think that's what you're hearing coming out of particularly young people just a sense of hopelessness and and, and let me just say i mean if the answer to your hope is simply getting rid of uh, of police or some Social program—that's not the gospel.
0: Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking about what you were saying before about how this um, tends to manifest itself in tearing other people down. It, it, yeah, it's either it's either despairing to the point of just having you so you're so devoid of hope that you just want to end it all, or you you that has to project out somehow, and it oftentimes projects out onto other people. Um, in lashing out or tearing down or creating a system that they'll never live up to, but you can constantly be trying to force them into it, I think so much about some of those characteristics and how it it to me in many ways describes a lot of what we're seeing it's uh, and I go back to these this this meme and hashtag kind of culture that we're in. It's just the repetition of the same mantras that are still devoid of hope. And so it doesn't matter how anyone might respond to it. There's still the 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 guilt and the shame still has to be you know repeated and and elevated and escalated because there's there's no remedy there. There's no yeah. satisfaction. And so you're 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 right. You're, the, the people who are both perpetrating that kind of repetition of Guilt and shame, or you have to do this or you need to be that, or you'll never live up to that. Uh, I mean they're not living up to it themselves they're just projecting out their own hopelessness and their own sense of you know not measuring up it's just you, you it's an endless cycle
1: you don't see it very often uh, in the modern culture, but you do see it from time to time, and it makes absolutely no sense to the world but i do I so appreciate those brothers and sisters who are you know, going out and saying, you know, it begins with me. It begins with the logs in my own eye. Mm-hmm. I mean, that actually is a message of hope. Yeah. Whenever I hear someone, you know, saying that, uh, you know, I, I have sins and uh, I want to deal with those sins and uh, I'm not so interested in canceling everybody else. I'm, I'm way more interested in, in just applying God's grace and mercy, you know, that, that comes to me by the cross, you know, in my own life but i think you know for us as as christians we've we've got to evaluate the sources that we're listening to and we need to evaluate them on the basis of the gospel mm-hmm. everyone says they have answers everyone thinks they have answers they're you know political social economic you know answers or whatever they are but listen none of that is the source of our hope none of that is the source the source of our hope is forgiveness through the cross of Jesus Christ. And any person, group, voice, or whatever who is trying to speak to this issue that isn't offering that primarily as the message of hope that undergirds it is a message that you and I really need to be tuning out. Now, I can say all that and fully affirm that racism is a reality. I can fully affirm that that my brothers and sisters, you know, who are who are in minority cultures, face challenges every day they don't have to face, and I feel for that, and uh, it grieves me to know that. But that reality is for me has to be grounded within the hope of the gospel. It has to be grounded within. So when I encounter someone who is um, acting in even those kinds of grotesque racial, you know, um, prejudices, I still want to speak to them out of the context of the hope of the gospel.
0: You you think about that in in light of Scripture, and um, there is no other message for uh, the believer in this life and in this fallen. There's no other message. I mean, there's there is no temporal deliverance from. Oppression or mm. from injustice, yeah, there, there just is not. I mean, this is we we live in a world where injustice is. We are going to suffer some kinds of injustice, whether it's on a small scale, interpersonally in our families, or whether it's on a more sweeping scale, like we've you know, like we know about in our own country's history with with uh, with uh, racial issues, or whether it's something else. i mean, it, th- we we live in a day and time where there is no hope for deliverance. From these things, and right, yet and yet the solutions and the remedies and the chants and the mantras, they're all pursuing deliverance and hope in something that they'll they'll never arrive at. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't pursue laws and policies and whatnot that that seek to um ensure a, a more just society. That's not even my point. My yeah. point is kind of echoing what you're saying. Where ultimately is our hope? what, what voices and what message are we imbibing? that is reminding us and reinforcing in us the deep and profoundest truths of Scripture as it relates to the gospel.
1: Well, and I want to just make a footnote. I do plan to come back in, in, in a subsequent po- podcast. I want to talk about uh, what, what do we do practically. Yeah, this know, is part one, uh, just yes. everybody understand, this is yeah. part one. What do we do practically about issues and, and let's just say systems of injustice? Because I think within the, um, you know, minority culture within within the Black Church in general. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis uh, on the stri- scriptures that speak about justice, uh, uh, minor prophets in the Old Testament, especially those kinds of issues, and they are part of Scripture. And we need to we need to think clearly about those things. What are the applications of mm-hmm. those scriptures? So we're, we're we're actually going to go. Look at some of those scriptures uh, in subsequent podcasts. I can already
0: hear people saying, "You know, that's you're just talking in general terms, as platitudes or whatever." That's right. We're not staying here.
1: That's that's we're not staying here. We're beginning here because this is the place to begin and end. Yeah, the place to begin and end is with the gospel. Yeah, and the gospel does frame all of these issues, and it frames it within the context of guilt, but also forgiveness. Yeah, and if we don't have that message then we are no better than the pharisees we're no better than you know any other legalist throughout the history of humanity we are throwing nothing but condemnation you know everywhere we go without following it with the with the euangelion the good news of the gospel and and I don't know what other people but that's what I'm called to i am a gospel preacher yeah and that's i don't i don't have any other mandate you know, but to preach that gospel. So yes, while while uh, there does need to be some serious attention given to calling out sin when we see sin, even in ills of society and and injustice, certainly we need to be voices that speak to those issues. I'm not going to speak to those issues without the offer of forgiveness, you know, without the hope that's given to us in the gospel. So my simple message at our first podcast is just this, and I'm I'm just talking to the people of Faith Community Church right now. My simple message is this: as you navigate through all of the voices and information that 's out there, listen for the more, for the for the voices of hope mm. and when you are trying to identify what those voices are, the message of hope is going to be the message of forgiveness mm. so if you just get your ears attuned to that, then uh, you will i, I think um you know, you will immediately be a much more discerning Christian in terms of how to think about and who to listen to in all of these things.
0: Hmm. That's a good word, and I think that's a good way to wrap up this first, uh, this first session. And just as we've said, hang in there with us. Uh, we're just getting started, and hopefully the Lord will uh, use this to um, help us to really walk through this in a way that refines us and helps us to be more like Christ. That's our ultimate aim. But hang in there as we continue in this series, and we'll look forward to being together again soon.